This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. I'm Helen Farmer. Great to have you with us on the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Conscious uncoupling hit the headlines a number of years ago, but what about conscious coupling? We were speaking to a husband and wife team who did exactly that, plus their advice for any singletons listening. Dr. Jean from CityVet was here to answer all of your questions and looking ahead to the half-term break. Have we found Dubai's most family-friendly hotel? And Kareem from KidsApp, keeping you entertained with camps and more. Plus, inclusion in schools. One gem student dreams of being a fashion model and how her teacher is supporting her. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Chances are you've heard the term conscious uncoupling a few years ago when Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin used it during their separation. But what about conscious coupling? For many of us, we meet someone, connect with them, fall in love, get married, job done. So is this a different way of choosing a life partner, an unconscious way? Are we overthinking it? How did you meet your partner? Let us know. I'm I'm endlessly fascinated by how people fell in love uh, with their partner. So please do get in touch. Message here saying, I met my husband when I celebrated my 16th birthday. We were at a chilly overnight picnic. One of the boys put a crab in my hoodie which got me all jumpy. A guy comes over, holds me, gets a crab out. I just collapsed in his arms, so relieved and not out of his arms yet. 29 years later. Heart emoji. What about you? Would love to hear your love story. We're meeting now a conscious couple. Dr. Ihab Hamane is uh, the founder of the BU movement. And Madaha B is a transformational coach for women. And yes, they are a couple. Hello, both. Dr. Ihab, how are you this afternoon? Good, good, good. How are you, Helen? I'm so pleased actually to hear the story of the love story of that 29 <laughs> years old. Such a cute Gorgeous, one. <laughs> isn't it? Um, I find this really fascinating how people met. So I want to know, have how did you meet Madhya? What were, what were the circumstances? That's, uh, that's an interesting memory. Actually, I was back that time doing my PhD and I came to Jordan just like uh, to have a course for a couple of three, four days. And for some reason, one of my friends, he insisted for me to go to a sacred songs dance, you know, the hippie kind of dancing (laughs) (laughs) and singing. I was like, man, I'm not into it, but he just pushed too much. So I said, okay, I'll go there. And there I went and I saw Madiha, the love of my life. She was in her element. She was singing the sacred songs. And there was a creeper there, just uh, looking, total creeper. <laughs> just totally looking at her, you know, that guy. The that footage just is still there. Yeah. <laughs> Madia, tell me then, what were your first impressions of Ihab, apart from being creepy? <laughs> <laughs> so funny enough, at the time, I also had a community called Amman Conscious Community. So the conscious community for Amman and Jordan. And Ihab had been posting on my group for a long time. So oh. he was that guy that had been posting all his videos dominating the wall. And our first interaction was me telling him to slow down with the post. <laughs> Chill out. So when he came, he was that guy. <laughs> and when he asked me out, I thought it was a business collaboration or like some kind of collaboration we were going to do. I didn't get the message until a bit into the date where there was some hand touching that I was like, mm. oh, okay. <laughs> it's like that, is it? Um, so tell us then, you've been married for two years now, together for five. Um, so we're talking about conscious coupling. Um, Ihab, did you consciously approach the relationship compared to how you'd, well, how was it different to previous relationships? I guess is what I'm really asking. 
Yes, 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 it's absolutely because when I met Madiha, I was already in my purpose. So I was already committed and devoted to my purpose. I left my path in engineering and I was fully, fully, fully uh, pursuing the path of uh, of coaching and healing and sharing the message, transformational message with the world. So what was different for me, the intentionality, I wasn't there just to have fun or even to look for someone to lift me up or motivate me or just make me happy. I was there because I wanted um, a lady to create an empire with. I was a lady, the love of my life to create. Yeah, basically, I was seeking the queen that I want to create the empire with. So it was uh, an intention that knowing that I want to serve the Middle East, I want to change the world, I want to create a movement that is actually changing people inside out. And I was, um, I knew I needed the queen that oh. not just, uh, I, I knew I needed the queen to be with me to create that empire. So it was a different intention than just, I want to date or just, I want to hang mm-hmm. out. It, it was a different intentionality. And that's why, that's where I knew when I met her that she is the queen of my life for sure. Oh, oh. oh guys. Madhya, what about you? How do you define conscious relationships or partnerships? It sounds like you were really entering into this romantically, but also, you know, building an empire. So conscious coupling, how do you define it? So like you have said, when we met, we had both left the old path we were taking in our careers to pursue our truth, our passion, um, the things we really felt we came to this earth to create and be. And so starting from that point, there was already a wider space to really get to know each other on such a truthful level. No games, no playing, mm. but really sharing what our values were, what we stood for. And we were both revolutionary. I didn't match what most of my family and you know community <laughs> wanted from me. They wanted me to just continue the career I was on. When I quit, they were like, are you crazy? But I had chosen happiness. I had chosen truth. I had chosen really honoring my needs as a woman. And as women, we really live in a completely different way if, if we listen to what's happening. So when I met him... We had both had enough inner clarity that when we fused both our clarities together, we could navigate creating a more wholesome partnership that really respected who we were as humans, as souls, as man and woman. And that wasn't just kind of like random, okay, there's butterflies. I mean, there were some butterflies, but... um, I won't go into that now. <laughs> no, we, lo- we love the butterflies. Guys, we're keeping you with us. I've got lots of questions for you and we've got some advice, I think, for those who might be looking for love. Also, loving the love stories. 4001, tell me, how did you meet your partner? Message here saying, we work the same group of companies, felt attracted to one another, but took my husband eight months to get his first date with me. My excuses used to be, I'd like to, I've got a gym class or maybe some other time. And after the first date, that was it. In love, got engaged and married, still married, still in love, 36 years later. This is gorgeous. Um, And online, interestingly, lots of you saying online. um, And questions as well about how to phrase online dating bios, saying you're serious. How can you say you're seriously looking for love without sounding scary? We're going to put that to our couple next. Vince says, met my wife in a seedy Aussie nightclub, married for 30 years years. How did you meet yours? And if you are single, looking for love, are you looking in the right places? And are you asking the right questions of yourself and that partner to find that connection? We'll find out next. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. 
flipping the script on conscious uncoupling. Sorry, Gwyneth. And talking conscious coupling now, Dr. Ihab Hamane is the founder of the BU movement and his partner, his wife, Motherhead B, is a transformational coach for women. They met, they fell in love, but in, as they describe, a very conscious way. So what can their story teach you or indeed anyone looking for love out there? Also, I want to know, how did you meet your partner? I love a love story. So get that in, please, on 4001. You can use your ARN Play app and you can use the uh, WhatsApp too. No name on this one saying, he came into my place of work. I was new there. We got chatting. I asked if he could recommend somewhere for lunch. I didn't know the area. This was a blatant ploy. And he said, blah, 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 was good for lunch. And after a brief pause, he said, I'll take you there if I like. Bingo, been married 35 years. Callum met his wife at a mutual friend's New Year's Eve party. She told a couple of people that night she'd met the guy she was going to marry. Gulp. Been married 10 years now. Turns out she's always right. <laughs> yeah, good, good early lesson there, Callum. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, guys, about thinking about you know being single and, and looking to mingle, I guess, because we've had a message here from F saying, how can you phrase on online dating bios that you're seriously looking for a real relationship without sounding scary? Ihab, what's your take <laughs> on that? Well, my take is very, very simple. It's it's all about clarity, right? Because I think women, especially the feminine, they have a very powerful ability to read the signals, to read the energy behind the words. So it's very, very hard to fool a woman. That's why women, they feel unsafe or safe around a certain man because they usually they read the intentionality behind it. So it's not about how, it's not like a CV, how can I put like my greatest qualities outside? It's about clarity. So for example, I remember when I met Madiha, I told her, I'm very, very, very serious here. And <laughs> I don't mean I'm serious here, like I'm going to open a business. I'm serious. I said, you know what? Here's what I stand for. Those are my values. This is what I want in life. This is what I'm willing to sacrifice. This is what I'm not willing to sacrifice. So when I told her, you know what? Even if you're the love of my life, even if I have amazing, like, even if I love you more than anything else, one thing I'm not willing to sacrifice is my dreams. Mm -hmm. Because if I sacrifice my dreams for you, then I'm not going to be a happy person even to serve you. So it's all about being clear what you stand for. What is it you want in yourself and in that woman? And that can show even in the way you describe yourself online. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes back to clarity. If you're trying to play the games, if you're trying to be manipulative, if you're trying to create the games that people are used to into relationship, then you're going to get a person who's exactly like that, who's going to manipulate you, who want to play games with you. But if you're someone who's clear, who wants what you want, then you can put that online and not need being media about it. And you were very clear. I remember it was our third date or something like that within the first week. And he said, I know people wait to say this, but I love you. And I was like, whoa, whoa there. <laughs> but, but okay. But, is, but that. isn't that interesting that, you know, you're saying there about being scary, but if you're being clear and truthful, the people who are scared are not the ones for you and that's a good way of filtering mm. them out of the process and the ones that stick around and understand that you know maybe they have the same you know needs at that mm. at that time in their life you'll you'll find each other a really interesting follow up question here no name on this one saying after how long or how many dates should you quote define the relationship now i say this as a british person and we do not date as such well we certainly didn't when I was living there it was very much a case of you might meet through friends you'll have a few nights out mm. you might end up living together you might reluctantly call each other boyfriend and girlfriend and then you're kind of married <laughs> the thought of mm. sitting down and going shall we define the relationship makes me feel nauseous um, but mm. as I said this is very kind of typically English thing so I wondered what do you tend to recommend about 
it may be intentions or defining the relationship. You have you did it early on. It sounds like you're perhaps far more in tune with your feelings and desires than the vast majority of us. What, <laughs> Very much. What, 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 what so tends clear. to work, do you think? So, so I will tell you the thing. Before we start thinking of how can we define a relationship, let's define our definitions. So if you want to say, okay, marriage, what is marriage to you? Because if your definition of marriage is the definition that your parents or your mm. culture or what you get used to what marriage is, which is like signing a paper, then what you're asking from the other person, let's sign a paper so I'll make sure you don't leave me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where you have to actually go back to what your definition is. So for me, my definition of marriage was very clear and it's a very personal definition. I want a divine union. I want someone to share the empire. I want a creator with me. I want someone to journey the journey of life. I want two energies to become one. So actually we create as one. So that's where it comes to how you define those definitions. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a definition for you, for them, usually your insecurities are kicking there to try to make sure that person won't leave me. So I have to put them in that box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it comes back to your own definition of it. Um, Madiha, yeah. can I can I ask you um, about where you think you might have gone wrong in the past? And I know a lot of it is about meeting the right person at the right time and you being in the right mindset. But what have you recognised with other couples or even in your own behaviours in the past where it just hasn't clicked, it hasn't worked? Mm. Yeah, the previous relationships were very, very different. I didn't know myself. So Mm. what I brought to the relationship was also this young kind of lost wacky girl. And so the relationships were very turbulent, I would say the least. And with Ihab, by then I had really grounded who I am and what I desire and and what are my priorities in life. Mm -hmm. And so he was able to meet me there. But what I would maybe reflect to what he said or add to it is that for some people, this direct thing really works. And for me, Ihab was the first person who came into my life in that way, so direct. And that was very appealing as a woman. He was very clear, very direct. And I would say it's always about this dance between the directness and the mystery and and really navigating between those poles of like being clear, but also knowing there's so much to discover. And even when he first asked me out because he was living in Scotland for his PhD, I said no for the long distance. I'm like, This was fun. I enjoyed your company. But, you know, when I see you again, I'll see you again. And he was like, what do you mean? And so (laughs) there's a navigation that needs to happen. And maybe more so for women. You know, we go Mm -hmm. shopping. We go a million places. We we're not so directed in our in our consciousness, in our mind versus men. They have this direction, this goal. They were they'll go fully for it when they know it. So it's fine to have that dance between the certainty and the uncertainty until those moments of clarity come. And so one of the nights before he left, we were out with friends. And I told him, you know, that question you asked, I said, I changed my mind. Maybe we can try this out. <laughs> and so that didn't happen directly. But when I reflected and even my mom was like, he's such a gentleman. He's opening the doors, this and that, like, give it a chance. And then I was like, you know what? There's a good feeling. Why not explore it? So sometimes it does take some layers and subtleties and building that energy, not necessarily just landing there. And the rest is history. We've got questions uh-huh. about, about arranged marriages, which I want to touch on as well. And a message asking how I met my husband. Hmm. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. We're talking love, how to find it, how to keep it. 
with uh, one couple who perhaps took an unusual approach to their relationship from the outset, conscious coupling. Dr. Ihab Hamane is with us. He is the founder of the BU Movement and his wife, Madiha B, a transformational coach for women. We've got lots of questions and comments on this topic. And it's really, as you're saying, about knowing yourself, about knowing what your values are. Ihab, you know, you're saying there earlier, you knew what your goals were, what you were willing and not willing to compromise on, even if Madiha turned out to be the absolute love of your life because as you say if that was she was going to hold you back in some way there probably would end up being resentment a question here saying most importantly is how to maintain a relationship silent compromise is the source of most issues in a relationship clear communication is key for most successful relationships you have is that something you have witnessed in your own relationship and, and those that you see around you Yes, I agree. And I feel uh, the society and most people my age have been programmed about a certain idea that a marriage or relationship is the end. (laughs) That's so true. And yet that's why even when we watch the movies. Happily ever after. Exactly. And then what? (laughs) Exactly. And then it starts. (laughs) And then it's just a different set of problems. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly when we watch the movies. Usually the story we see Two people having a lot of drama till they start to, like, they married and then the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Actually, the movie should start after the day of the marriage or after the day of the relationship. And movies about marriages are usually really tragic. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's on the other end. But how about a really happy marriage? Yes, but here's the thing. I feel the biggest transformation that will take place in your relationship, in your marriage, whatever you want to wanna, um, put it under whatever context it's really accepting that it's a process of inner work within yourself and within mm. the relationship itself. Because for me, I always knew, or at least when I started to get into consciousness, I absolutely knew that going into a relationship, I'm going into a booster for evolution. So that doesn't necessarily going to feel nice all the or time. Be easy. Exactly. And that doesn't mean it's easy all the time. It means I'm accepting I'm in the relationship to be a mirror for me, mm-hmm. to expose my darkness, to expose my insecurities, to expose my childhood traumas so I can heal it. And at the same time, to expose my greatness, to expose mm-hmm. my light. So I wasn't in it just for I want someone to make my life easier. I'm in it for someone to help me evolve in like a steroid. And to help, <laughs> yeah, and to help them too. We had a, we've had lots of lovely messages talking about how you met your partners. Um, three years ago, I was waitressing. Ivy said he was a lovely customer. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, Tina saying, I've been a relationship coach for the past 20 years. One of the first questions I start asking my clients and couples was, would you date yourself? They always laugh and admit they wouldn't. And that is where the work starts. Um, and um, I've been called out on being nosy, asking, where did I meet my husband? Um, I met my husband on a blind date. As it happens, we were set up by my then boss and his then colleague. And we, this is back in the day, exchanged BBM pin numbers and had some back and forth. <laughs> I know, I know, believe me. I still love my BlackBerry. Um, and then had a first date. But as it's interesting that you said there from from the beginning, no games, that's exactly what we were like. I don't know if it was just the age and stage that we were at, but we both obviously went on that first date with the intention of meeting someone that we had a connection with on email and BBM. And mm-hmm. But yeah, no games. I always had given previous kind of dates and boy- boyfriends awful nicknames and he never got a nickname. His name is Nick though. Um, but it does lead <laughs> me on to a question about arranged marriages. I'm, I'm curious, Mdiha, you know, 
when we look at arranged marriages, they've come together through families and not dating. And you know, like back in the day, you know, Poonam's mum and dad met once and had one of the best marriages she's ever seen. So is that a conscious way of bringing two people together? And, you know, in their headspace and intentions. What, what's your take on that? To be honest, if you asked me this in my 20s, I'd be like, no way, I want to fall in love and and all of this. But in a funny way, this kind of happened because I had a no, no, no. And then my mom arranged it and said, go for it. So she arranged <laughs> this marriage in a very comedic way. Um, I feel every culture is different. And some of these traditions that are passed on through our culture, they had a lot of gifts. Like my grandmother and grandfather had something like that. And they lived a whole lifetime together, very beautifully, very complimentary. Mm -hmm. Our generation is different. Our generation, there's more individuality. And often our values, our needs, our desires are quite different from our parents. They don't really get what is the, the life we want to create? They don't even get the careers we've chosen. So it's difficult for them to know what it is we truly look for. So unless there is a really amazing alignment, agreement, understanding between parents and child, I think our generation, we're more out there really calling for, for what resonates with our soul and our heart. So I don't know, it's each their own, but that's kind of where oh, I'm at. A message here saying he was the boy next door. I wasn't very fond of him initially, but he grew on me. And they've actually turned out to be the man of my dreams. It's been 30 years and I fall in love with him over and over again, quite frequently. If you're listening, I love you, babe. There's no name on this. I need to know who you are so we can, we can tell mm. you. But I'm curious to, give, uh, to get the, the last take from you, Dr. Ehab. If anyone is listening today who is single and really wants a relationship, really wants to meet their person... Um, oh, it's from uh, it's from Rashid. Thank you, thank you. I'm Rashid. Um, tell me, um, what would be your one bit of advice for? And I'm not going to say soulmate because I hope my husband's not listening. Sure. I, I don't necessarily believe in one person for you know, at ever. Yeah. You know, there could be lots of people out there you could find love and be very happy with. But finding someone that you've got a real true connection with once you've established exactly who you are and what you want. Sure. So I'll start from the end. It's like even the word soulmate. We hear the teacher lately and he has mm. a very lovely quote. He said, it's better not to look for soulmate. It's better actually to create. to create a soulmate. So to make the relationship in a soulmate, which is actually sounds even more practical. Mm. <laughs> Instead of waiting for the one, why not to create a connection that does feel like very beautiful connection with the one you have right now? So I get it when people want a relationship. I used to be that person. I really wanted a relationship. I totally, totally get it. So the one thing I would give an advice for to accept that life works through evolution. So if your reality right now is a single, this is not just an invitation to be just looking for a relationship all the time. Mm. This is an invitation to actually start creating a relationship with yourself. So you're actually more luring, more magnetic for a relationship that will support your soul evolution in the and next year. needy. Exactly. Yeah, because we all hot. know. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah. Scary, yeah. They, they say needy is creepy. And I actually, <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> even, you know, even in a simple sales, like if you want to try to sell something and you're super needy for that sales to happen, usually it's, a, it's the opposite of attractive energy. But if you really believe in what you're selling, it's very attractive. So same for you. If you're, in, if you're single now, if you're not in a relationship, instead of just looking for the relationship, how about starting actually to get to know yourself more? Mm. How about actually you start to understand your value more? How about to start falling in love with yourself more? How about starting following your passion more? And those stuff are super magnetic for the right person to come into your life. 
And I just want to add a little thing to that, which is let go of the timeline. Yes. You don't get to choose when you meet that person. Mm-hmm. Let go and trust that that person will show up when you are ready and when they are ready. You might be ready and they might still be working on themselves. So trust the process. Guys, thank you so much for your insights this afternoon. I could hear the love coming through the call from from both of you. <laughs> and I really, do, I really, really do appreciate it. Both, thank you so, so much joining us there, Dr. Ihab Hermane, and founder of the BU Movement, and Madiha B, Transformation Coach for Women. They are married and lovely to hear your stories too. One saying ours was a totally arranged marriage. We were introduced by our parents and met in their presence. Mostly talked about food in the time we were engaged, fell in love in marriage. And frankly, it wasn't difficult. I had never dated, so couldn't compare. Have been married for 20 years. We've had our shares of ups and downs, but frankly, I couldn't have chosen a better person for myself. And Jess, met my husband 18 years ago. A lesson we've learned has helped us manage our expectations. That's interesting. Um, the lessons to truly understand and accept each other's weaknesses, not just the strengths. It's so interesting. It's so, so interesting. And a lot of you meeting on Tinder. Daniela says, uh, met a few guys before my current partner and just kept getting back on the horse. Now I'm happier than I've ever been. He's moved in, going to get married soon. I think a lot of it is down to luck, but you need to put yourself out there if you want to meet someone. Um, if there are any single women listening today, I have a friend He's very tall and very handsome. He's looking for basically Dubai's answer to Sofia Vergara. So if you are her or you know her, I'd say age 35 to 45, drop me a little message. Let's see if we can do a bit of matchmaking live on Dubai I 103.8. Maybe this could be a new segment. Maybe we'll get him in once a week and we'll have a listener to go on a date and, you know, go somewhere a bit different away from the usual, you know, bar scene. So are you looking for... A tall, handsome Englishman. Let me know. I'd be very happy to hook you up. He's a catch. This is Pets and Vets on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With ProPlan. We are talking about your pets this afternoon, welcoming any questions, any concerns you might have. And I do hope you're not too worried about your pet, but whether you are looking to, you know, test the waters, wonder if it's worth bribing your dog into the boot or wrangling the cat into a cat carrier or if it's something that we can help with over the phone today, maybe you want an expert second opinion, this is your opportunity. Joining us live in the studio from City Vet Clinic is Dr. Jean Chaloup. He started his career in one of the busiest animal hospitals in Beirut and is a big advocate of preventative medicine. So we're taking all questions, all concerns from dermatology to dentistry. Dr. Jean, how are you? It's great to have you back. Thank you, Ellen. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. Really, really well. I'm having... um, We've been talking a lot about mental health this week because of Mental Health Awareness Day, of course, on Monday. And a kind of story caught my eye. And I don't know if it's because I'm just feeling like very tuned into my dogs right now. But I'm curious what your take is on the effects of pets on mental health and how intuitive animals can be as well. Well, you know, animals are very essential in our life that they remove stress, which is one of the bad things ever. So this is one. And please... Like the second thing is about kids. So it's very nice to have animals with kids. It teaches them a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And even like it, it has been proven that it will, like having a pet can fight depression. Well, it's yeah. actually, there's a story on the ARN News Center today saying petting a dog could improve brain function. So talking about how this is particularly relevant for any patients in therapy, interacting with a dog apparently evokes a strong emotional reaction and social. I love this. Do you have any pets right now in Dubai or is it too soon? You haven't been here very long. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm getting a cat very soon. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Have you? Do you know which animal it's going to be? Have you? Have you earmarked one? Well, any rescue could Aww. do the job. <laughs> There's going to be a lot around vying for your attention. Dr. John's here to take my questions, but most importantly, your questions this afternoon. You can get in touch on four zero zero one. You've got your ARN Play app as well, and the WhatsApp too. Also, please do feel free to send in photos, videos, every single message during the course of this hour relating to your pets. We'll put you in the draw to win that brilliant prize from Prina Pro Plan. Not just a goodie bag, but a hamper. It's, it's enormous, this thing, full of treats and toys, um, supplements, food and more. So you get in touch the usual channels. You're also more than welcome to give us a call. 04871 which is exactly what Renette has done. My cat, her name is Vivi, 13 years old. We lived in a um, villa before, you know, like 13 years, and now moved to uh, her apartment. She became very, just gnawing quite a lot, you know, and a little unsettled. I had her at the bed, and they kept her out. Everything's fine. And it could be because she was indoors, outdoors, and now she's totally confined in the space, you know. Oh, so big adjustment there for Renette's older senior animal as well. What can help with easing that kind of transition when moving house? Or? Well, usually when the, when you want to move a house, we advise the owner to take the pet several times to that new place before and even try to give them treats. and Bribery. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> positive reinforcement. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I guess that's it for them. And I'd then and then, what if there is signs of distress upon moving? Is there a for calming down or what, what, like, can, what can be effective? Yeah, we, we, we can prescribe some medicine just to calm the cat down and remove the anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, like everything takes time. Yeah. Usually for cats, they don't like to change their place. So, But usually it takes some time and it will be all right. Dogs, however... <laughs> If you give them give them a toy and something that smells like you know it used to, they tend yeah. to be a, a little bit more, a little bit. It's just dogs and cats, isn't it? Just, just easier to please. Um, I was a question from Jess, who's been in touch about her young golden retriever. Okay, I have a nine month old golden retriever, and uh, she hasn't got her periods yet. And vet has suggested that we get her space. I want to know: is this ethical? And is there a specific age at which we should do this for her? And is there any health risk associated with this? So spaying animals. So this nine-month-old golden retriever hasn't had her first heat yet. hasn't had a got, hasn't got a period. When do you tend to advise? I know it's going to depend between breeds as well, yeah. but for Jess in particular. Well, usually what we advise is just directly after the first uh, if the first heat, the first period, we wait around between four to six weeks after that, and we do the operation. But obviously, it's better to do the operation, and especially because she didn't have her period yet. Mm-hmm. So we suggest to do some ultrasound or blood works uh, before that to make sure that everything is fine. When mm-hmm. when would you expect... <laughs> Here's a question I never thought I'd ever say in my life, never mind on the radio. When would you expect a golden retriever to get her period? Usually, <laughs> what, is, what, what is my life? <laughs> Well, usually after the around the age of six, seven months, they okay. get their first heat. But obviously, there's something wrong. So further investigation should be good. Might just be a late bloomer, but yes, definitely, yeah. go, definitely go and have a little investigation there and make sure that everything is is working as yeah. it as it should do. Now, as I said earlier, Jean, you are a big advocate of preventative medicine. Yeah. And I'm curious, what does that mean to you, and what does that mean to us as, I guess, pet parents? Well, yeah, because. Um, 
Honestly, for me, I really love to prevent stuff. Um, so first we have the nutrition, mm-hmm. like make sure what we are feeding our pets, especially like I, I suggest my clients always go to for premium brands. It, it's a really amazing what nutrition can do. The second thing is like try at least go with the vaccinations and the deworming tablets, the defleeing. Make sure that wherever there's some epidemiology about uh, or, or an outbreak about uh, a disease, make sure to ask your vet if it's safe to go mm-hmm. to take your dog there, even with traveling. And at least once a year, make a full blood works to make sure that everything is good, especially for senior dogs after the age of seven, eight years. This is what I wanted to ask you because our dog turned six last week and I was like, does this mean she's a senior dog? What do you what do you count as being a bit older? Well, it depends on the breed. Cocker Spaniel. Oh, yeah, you still have a couple of years before we Aww. consider her senior. <laughs> Lesser. So we got Lucy when she was six months old and we were her third home. So she, I think she'd been through quite a lot before she got to us um, in terms of being unsettled and... And she's just been an absolute joy. And I, and what I'd kind of written off as being puppyish behaviour, so a lot of chewing, but still a lot of barking, so much barking. She's so reactive to people coming to the door. She's very friendly, you know, she's, she's, she's not out for blood, but she, she definitely wants to be alerting to us to any potential dangers, you know, such as, you know, my dinner arriving or, you know, a package. Um, when is it, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Can, could I be trying anything to, I guess, calm her down and change this barking behaviour? Because I honestly, as I'm getting older, I'm finding myself more sensitive to noise and I find it a bit distressing. Yeah, I can give you some tips. Actually, I did it with my dog. So uh, whenever she barks, I used to open the door, keep her on leash, open the door and give her a treat. Like, look, there's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. So she associated it with the treat and then she just forgot it. Oh, can you come uh, to my house, please? <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want Dr. John to meet Lucy. This is Pets and Vets on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With ProPlan. Delighted to have in the studio this afternoon Dr. Jean Chaloup from the City Vet Clinic. He is from Beirut and is very, very accomplished when it comes to preventative medicine, but really we're taking all of your day-to-day questions and concerns today. What's keeping you busy? What's coming into clinic? Well, right now we have a lot of viral infections like parvovirus, panleukopenia virus in cats also. And, you know, like dogs came back from kennels, so Mm. the change of environment and... Low, lower activity are causing them issues also. Now, in humans, if you have a virus, they, you know, it's like, oh, keep, you, you know, keep your fluids up, you know, rest, you know, take maybe some kind of bit of neurofen. What, what, what do you tend to recommend for our pet patients? Well, I wish it's the same in pets. Because so it can be really dangerous. It is. And sometimes it's fatal. So we have to identify the cause mm-hmm. and the disease and then do the proper treatment. Usually... It, the pet has to stay in, in the hospital for a few days to a few weeks also sometimes. It depends on the case and the immunity level and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keeping close eye on what are some mm-hmm. of the things that you should be looking, looking out for as a pet parent um, before, before bringing them in? Uh, well, the normal signs are diarrhea, vomiting, and it might be an underlying issue for, like for big dogs, it might be an underlying issue for something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, for puppies, it's like the cause of viral di- viral diseases. 
Right. It's not the time to hope that things just go away. Go and go do go and see the bed because, it, as as uh, Doctor John says, it can be really really dangerous and in some cases fatal. So, but if you do have any questions, if you're not sure about whether your particular situation does warrant a trip to the vets, um, this is your chance to test the water here on four zero zero one. We're just talking about chewing and our dog, poor old Rummy. Rummy's got a 12-week-old puppy who ate a twig yesterday morning. He thinks about three inches long, hasn't yet passed it, and he's been acting completely normal, full appetite, no diarrhoea, no vomiting. Still a bit concerned. I'm hoping it's going to pass, but should we go to the vets? Yes, definitely go for just an x-ray and to make sure we don't have an, obst- an obstruction. And Usually it takes 48 hours for the signs to become uh, to become uh, visible, but uh, at least try to go to the vet for just a quick x-ray just to make sure everything is good. Peace of mind, I yeah, think, for, exactly. for, for many. Poor little thing. Also, don't forget, please send your photos and I love to know what your animals are called. Um, I've met some tremendously named animals recently. If and when you do get a cat, Dr. Jean, yeah. this is in your near future, we hope. Have you got any names on the list? Well, mm, don't, be, don't be shy. <laughs> well, I'd go for, um, because like my cat, he was born on the same day I was born. And, oh. and I'm a Leo, so I called him Leo. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I love I'm this. not that creative. <laughs> so maybe Leo Mark II. Yeah. <laughs> 4001, if you've got any questions, Dr. Sean is here. Three until five o'clock today to take any worries that you might have. Um, Jenna's saying, is it okay to wait until tomorrow to take my dog to the vet after a sister's popped on her shoulder? Usually, yeah, you can take, you can wait a couple of a couple of days, but at least try to go this weekend. Um, and Serena is asking about a fatty lump on her dog's shoulder. It seems to be growing, not causing any issues with movement and mobility. What do they need to be in, be aware of? Thanks, Serena. Well, if it's growing, there's obviously something wrong, and it will be causing pain later on. So at least get it checked, and so we can see. What's the nature of this lump? Our dog has one Serena as well, and we just get it measured every time we go in. The vet just, you know, like like he kind of, you know, you put them on the giant yeah. square scale. Um, she also will measure the size of it and just keep an eye on it. But um, we've also had a biopsy done. Can it be worth doing that just to kind of put mind at ease in that respect? It's like biopsy is the easiest, one of the best options to do. And uh, just to make sure the nature of this mom. Okay, to keep us posted. It is Afternoons with me, Helen Farmer. And it's all about your animals. This is Pets and Vets on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With ProPlan. Delighted to welcome to the studio Dr. Jean Chaloup. He is there from City Vet Clinic. And we are having a busy one. It's always a busy show. And unsurprisingly, because you get free pet advice without having to make an appointment but you also get the chance to win that brilliant goodie hamper from Purina Pro Plan so we're talking food and treats and supplements and all sorts of goodies um, speaking of supplements we've had a message here uh, Jean from a concerned pet parent um, a message here from Howie saying my 12 year old lab um, is showing signs of arthritis um, he's fallen down the steps a couple of times and I'm worrying about medication options plus I'm going to get a ramp for our front steps is there anything else I can do he's generally very happy and cuddly just a bit uncertain and I think he's in pain yeah usually this is the issue with big dogs and especially labs golden retrievers um, at this age it's kind of late but we have to always to keep on trying new molecules to reduce the the pain 
And at the same time, we'd like to go for supplements such mm-hmm. as um, glucosamine, the, the same one we've That's what I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also also chondroitin. Chondroitin will help generate new cartilage, which will... Does that work in humans? Because I had an MRI last week and I've got no cartilage in my knees. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess you have to go with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, brilliant. So um, in terms of diet, though, what role could nutrition have? Um, I mean, and then, and also medication. Yeah, usually the thing is like when, when we go, we'd like to go for premium brands. Like I suggest like one of my favorite is Purina, which is... Uh, I, I think the, impo- <laughs> the most important yeah. thing is making yeah. sure the science is there, Exactly, right? yeah, the science in that. And usually what happens is they change the formula between the, the breeds mm-hmm. and oh, like almost every diet for big dogs, it has small amount of... Uh, what, I, what I really like is uh, fatty acids, mm-hmm. so for the skin, for the eye health, and uh, also chondroitin and uh, glucosamine which will reduce the pain also at the same time and generate new cartilage and protect the old ones also. And in, I think that's a, such a lovely idea, getting a ramp so your poor dog is not having to you know, have the impact of steps. Yeah. Anything else that can be helpful around the home or I guess helping them adjust to a new way of life? Yes, um, what we can do is maintain some low activity, like avoid the stairs, try to go by uh, the elevator. Hydrotherapy? Uh, it helps a lot. Get in the pool. <laughs> it helps a lot. Yeah. And maybe take your dog for a walk on the beach also. It helps a lot mm. since the scent is amazing for oh. this stuff. Yeah. How we send a photo of your lovely, <laughs> your lovely old boy. Um, we just had a call from Mia saying she loves the show, wants to say hi from her cats called Chewy and Phoenix. And she said, please ask the vet, do cats see us humans or think we're just big cats? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I, the cat, you know, do you know what? Have you watched that documentary about inside the mind of cats on Netflix? Yeah. What was your take on it? Well, I guess it's it's true. It's true. Like it's totally like everyone has his own perspective about the subject. Mm. But um, yeah, cats sees us as big cats. So yeah. <laughs> now, can I ask you then about? I guess, adopting or fostering a cat for the first time, which is something you're going to be doing in the future. And, you know, we are, unfortunately, there's a lot of of stray animals who do need a loving home right now. What are some of the questions you should ask yourself before welcoming a pet to your home to make sure the house is ready, you're emotionally ready, kids are aware? Because it's a a big commitment. Yeah, for me as a vet, I really like to ask a bit about the history of the animal, if you know cat, it, yeah. yeah, if you know it. And then, as medically speaking, I'd like to go for a few tests just to make sure everything is okay, mm-hmm. if there's anything wrong, so we can treat it directly. Um, it's never too late to, to start the treatment. Then at home, usually, like you have, like, like a new kid, you have to remove sharp objects <laughs> and <laughs> make sure that your home is ready, the balcony is closed, always closed, the, the doors are always closed. And even the building is ready if, uh, for example, your cat escaped. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to know, like, every corner in the building, wherever you can find it again. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we had this with rabbits. We had rabbits as kids, and I think we spent half of our time just trying to chase them around the garden. I didn't know how they would... My dad, bless him, built, you know, this kind of a really elaborate run with chicken wire, and they had grass and lots of space. It wasn't enough for them. They just kept on escaping, and we, my mum was like, those stupid rabbits. That, that, that was my childhood kind of animal memory. That and a hamster that ate half the curtains. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, but yeah, I think it's about being realistic, isn't it? Yes, yes. And that's about time commitment, also cost commitment. You know, in yeah, vac- well, vaccinations, vet appointments, teeth cleaning, exactly, boarding. You know, it exactly. it all it all adds up. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it really, it really, really does. Um, let's go to the text line, Doctor Jean. Um, got a, a message here. I don't know if you know anything about ferrets, but Freddie's asking, do they make good pets? Do you know anything about, well, fer- about ferrets? Uh, well, actually, my best friend has one okay. <laughs> back in Paris. Really? <laughs> yeah. Go on. So, uh, but the thing, they are very cuddly, but um, this is the only thing I know about them. <laughs> but they, they get to be, they tend to be very cuddly. They're not aggressive at all. And you treat them like a cat, but there's no like the emotional attack. Attachment between. Well, my yeah. friend's son has ferrets. Actually, we've had Sebastian on the show before, and he has, he has an Instagram account. I've just found it. It's called Ferret Fest underscore DXB. His ferrets are called um, Barney and Marshall. So I think he is probably a fan of um, How I Met Your Mother, and uh, they seem to be fantastic pets. I've got no yeah. idea where they sleep, or indeed where they poo, or indeed how you get them. So if you do want to find, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you could message Seb. It's ferretfest underscore DXB. They are so cute, though. They are yeah. really, really they super are. cute. <laughs> Sorry, we can't, we can't help much with that. Um, right, a message here about dermatology, which is actually something mm-hmm. we touched on earlier. Jasmine saying, my cat recently started getting little dry spots that dried and kind of flaked off, but I've noticed a spot on her forehead mm-hmm. that wasn't there yesterday. I'm pretty good at feeling around for lumps and bumps. Um, should I be treating her with something from the pet shop or do, does it need a trip to the vets? No, obviously you have to visit the vet clinic. Uh, since it's something concerning the derm, so we we are scared and because it's the changing of the season, so we get scared of fungal infections such as ringworm or stuff mm. like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, better to get checked. Um, speaking of cats, no name on this message saying what would make a cat go outside the litter box by go? I assume doing toileting. Well, first, if the cat is not castrated or spayed which is really important. They tend to do it outside, even the quality of the litter box, the placement of the litter box. And sometimes it has to tell you something, like there's something wrong. Sometimes it's pain in the urine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Also, cat, cats are pretty picky. Sometimes they it are. might be the type of litter. Like yeah. we only really want the, the clumping or yeah. we only want the, you know, what whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the types of litter box, I mean, we've, exactly. seen, we've seen them all, you know, with a roof or yeah. different shapes. And They like the private stuff where they can do it privately without anyone looking. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it, that's <laughs> interesting. Also, um, I guess about the number of litter box, so creating opportunity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is it true that there's a formula that if you've got, you know, let's say, two cats, you should have three litter three. boxes? Exactly. Always add one. And if more than five, you have to add two extras. Really? Yeah. More than five cats. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to get your live reaction to this. So my brother's in a band and the lead singer lives in an apartment and has, guess how many cats he has? Eight? Higher. Oh my God. Nine, ten? Higher. <laughs> Nineteen cats. Oh my God. I, I would like to visit his house. I, I, I'm a cat person. <laughs> I wouldn't. My eyes would be streaming. Dr. Sean, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Apologies, we haven't got time for more of the messages that have been coming in. We'll put them aside for next week, as you know, Pets and Vets every single Wednesday afternoon between four and five. And you can find Dr. Sean in the meantime at City Vet Clinic. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Half term break is upon us. So let me know what your plans are. Are you staying? Are you going? Are your kids going to be on camps or are they 
going to be on the sofa. Um, I checked my holidays. Cream kids up in the studio. Cream, I checked my holidays the other day, and I've got minus one day. <laughs> so yeah. my kids will probably be going into some some kind of camp. So you're here to rescue us this afternoon with some ideas of where to go and what to do. Let, let you know. What, let's start with. A couple of camps because we've got some active ones we've got some kind of educational ones let's start with emirates pad pro because this is a company i am not familiar with at all what we got so helen first of all the whole reason for kazap's existence is to make your life easier mm-hmm. so <laughs> i hope you're you're happy about that now so emirates pad pro is a very interesting place that uh, we signed with recently it's almost like paddle ball mixed with football and the nice thing about that is you really learn footballing skills, like little details on how to control the ball and manage it in ways you wouldn't normally. What they're doing this midterm is a really nice midterm camp. So it runs the whole time from the 17th to the 21st, Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And it's not just pad ball, which your kids will love, but it's also football, basketball, dodgeball, paddle tennis, badminton. So when they come home, they will be exhausted. Shattered. That's what you want. <laughs> it's a fine balance, I think, between tiring them out and overtiring them. And yeah, what? so, so isn't the mornings or the afternoons? Do we know? So, so it runs until 2 p.m. So from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And it's actually for all ages. So it'll spread from 3 to 14 years old. Wow. There you go. So Emirates Pad Pro, all of everything we're talking about, by the way, can be booked through Kids Up, K-I-D-Z-A-P-P. Um, and... Well, Kids Unlimited as well. This has got a bit of a, a bit of an educational slant. What's the gist? But in a fun, in a fun way too. Yeah. So, so one of the reasons that we love Kids Unlimited is because while being a play area, they also try and focus on things in a different way. Where when you do the activities, there's always a developmental objective behind it as well. This is over in Jumeirah Park, and it's for ages three to eight. That's that midterm camp runs again the whole of midterm, seventeenth to the twenty-first of October, and it's a morning one. So from nine until one. They have gymnastics, karate, science experiments, arts and crafts, yoga, games, circuit training. Look, there's a whole lot more that they, they managed to squeeze in. And I think if you just check on Kids App, mm-hmm. it'll give you the full list and, and tips on what to do. So, you know, your kids will improve their balance, coordination, sensory, and they'll also improve their social skills. So if you really like the idea of that, I would suggest you book in Kids App for 10% off at 121 per day. 121 per day? Oh my goodness, I've ju- I just got the link to pay for it. My kids are doing a horse riding camp. It's a lot more than that. <laughs> I didn't really think about this. Now, the weather, hurrah, hurrah, is on the turn. It's time to go back outside. What are some of your favourite things that are on the platform for exploring the great outdoors and, yes, most importantly, saving a few dirhams as well? So I, I chose some things that I've always loved to do with my family and it's been around for a while and now that the weather is nice, especially in the evenings, we've picked on, uh, first of all, Dubai Garden Glow. Love it. One of my favourite places in Dubai. It's special, right? It's, <laughs> it's different. Mo- it's awesome. I love the dinosaur bit, but for for anyone that hasn't been and you're looking for like a bit of an Instagram moment, there's photo opportunities everywhere. The kids absolutely love it. If you time it right, you get a bit of kind of the daytime into dusk and then go home in the dark so you're seeing everything lit up. But it's kind of fantastical, isn't it? It's fun. Like the glow area is really fantastical. They have this illusion park if you want to go for the combo ticket with the magic park. But I'm a dinosaur fan. I've always been one. And honestly, Helen, when we went with the kids a couple of years back, 
We came home and we just binge watched Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's so well done. The one thing that really does make me giggle is where there's like the field and it's like, this is where the meteor landed and you've got these dinosaur models just like on their side. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of deal can you get there at Garden Glow? Are you doing a combination with the dinosaurs and the illusion? And Yes, yes. So, so we're giving two different deals. There's the one which is the 15% off. Actually, they're both 15% off, which is 60 dirham for the Dino Park plus the go uh, Garden Glow itself. You've got to do that one for sure. If you want to do the Magic Planet, it's an extra 25 dirham, but I think it's worth it. It's, mm -hmm. it's the Magic Park. It's all illusions and, and you know, uh, selfie opportunities. <laughs> They've also got those amazing spiral potatoes on sticks, which I know shouldn't be a big deal, but they are delicious. Um, Miracle Garden's also always kind of adding to its offering, whether it's, you know, the, the world's biggest floral teddy bear or, you know, A380. Um, has it opened its doors yet? It's now open, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. It stays open a bit later on the weekends. It's over in Barsha South. I'm mm. sure a lot of people already know where it is. It's awe-inspiring, honestly. 100 million flowers are used <gasps> up. 100 million. Wow. And they have uh, in the butterfly park where they used to have 6,000 butterflies, they've expanded. Now they have 15,000 butterflies. Now, this is a bit of a public service announcement ahead of having pets and vets um, from, from four o'clock. If you are going to the butterfly garden with your kids, please, please, please make sure they are respectful. That's all I'm going to say, that I was there with a school trip and there was lots of screaming and... Uh, yeah, just please make sure your kids are kind of under control. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful spot, but don't freak and don't 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 frighten the the winged ones. Now you've got Legoland and Motion Gate on your list. I was at Legoland last weekend, and first of all, I just I mean, admittedly, it was a little bit warm. It was so calm and quiet. We got there early in the morning. We I think we queued five minutes for one ride. Everything else was just straight on. The staff there are. Lovely. Really, really nice. Is it still possible to get a deal? <laughs> it still is. And actually, I was going to say that uh, I think kids in, in UAE, in Dubai in particular, do not realize how lucky they are. I agree. I, I remember going to a theme park once a year and waiting hours to get on a ride when I was little. Yeah, it's it, and this is... It's funny because I had a lot of messages on my Instagram saying, you know, what about height restrictions? And I know your kids are older than mine, so it's not it's not such a, a kind of a, a factor as such. But for me, it's a real turning point when my daughter got to like five and a half to um, for her to be able to be tall enough to go on the rides. So do make sure if you whether it's Motion Gate or Legoland that you kind of look ahead and prepare your child that some things might be for slightly older children, some things are for younger children. But for, for Legoland in particular, I would say they probably do need to be about five or six to be able to go on the majority. Let's just say we witnessed a few meltdowns of younger kids whose older siblings were going on things and they just weren't able. So plan ahead. Um, and the t kind of height-wise, about 110 seems to be the kind of tipping point to be able to go on the majority of things at Legoland. And, and that's exactly why I always recommend um, for the younger kids, it's Legoland. Uh, Motion Gate, it's a little bit older than mm -hmm. that. Actually, the rides are a bit more... Uh, you know, roller coastery, but it still goes down to, to also like mid range. So, like, I think a six, seven, eight year old can enjoy motion gate, and the older you are, the better. I always recommend the two park pass because what you would do, especially now where the weather is a little bit hot during the day and perfect in the evening, I would take the water park during the day, spend it there. And then, if you have younger kids, go over to Legoland. If you have older kids, go over to motion gate. That's a one 
you know, one day to Park Pass, and it's a really, really good offer. We have a really special offer right now on Kids Up. I'm not going to tell you the price oh, because you on. have to see it to believe it. You party pooper. <laughs> All right, fine. Everyone's going to Kids Up. Now, Kareem, your work here is done. Thank you so much, sir. Have a wonderful half-term break, whatever you might get up to. And Club Mesh is going um, how to spell the app. It is K-I-D-Z-A-P-P. So camps on there, um, water parks, theme parks, your soft play and more. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. We're talking home and away, actually. We're going on a little staycation today. Talking travel, some half-term inspiration. And could this be the UAE's most family-friendly hotel? Joining us from the Centara Mirage Beach Resort here in Dubai is the GM, Sebastian Schieg. Sir, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking time out of what is, a, I know, a very busy hospitality season. How are you? No, well, definitely, Helen. A pleasure meeting you. And great to be here at the studio today. Well, tell us a little <laughs> bit about the property because it opened to so much fanfare from so many families going, you have to go, they have thought of everything. So if anyone isn't familiar <laughs> with Centaur Mirage, can you explain a little bit about the concept and the aim, I guess, when it did open initially? Yes. Well, in fact, today is a great day because we are exactly celebrating our first year anniversary oh, already. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for celebrating your birthday with us. So uh, a year ago, that's that's an interesting time to reflect. Exactly. Then. Just after the, the the post-pandemic and how people were craving for, mm-hmm. for family holidays, right? And, and I trust we just came at the right time. You know, everybody knows Thailand. Everybody knows the friendly Thai hospitality. And, and as Santara, you know, the first hotel here now in Dubai, by the first Centara Mirage family destination in the Middle East. We are expert into that since many years with our first property in Pattaya. So now in Dubai, uh, on the new Dubai Islands, uh, yes, re- clearly people were waiting for it. And truly, from the time of preparing the hotel with the team, we really look at it as a theme park, family theme park, instead of thinking at it as a hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, in any hotel you go... Um, Children want entertainment, want activities. After an hour and a half, everywhere you go, they're already bored and ask for their iPhone and iPad. So mm-hmm. it is really how we have to constantly reinvent ourselves uh, to create these activities and entertainment. So, yes, so it was a really exciting time. Non-stop fun, really. <laughs> and I know Poonam visited without children and she came back going, Helen, you have to go. There was uh, movies, there was just entertainment on every single corner, magic shows. The spa. Talk to me about the spa for kids, because this sounds like unlike anything else I've heard of, Sebastian. Yes, well, like you just said, we have multitude of indoor and outdoor facilities, and and the spa is, is one of them. You know, being being a Thai brand and the Thai uh, the Thainess of, of the spa. All our therapists are here coming from Thailand. Which, funny enough, we are the only spa in Dubai having the entire team of therapists coming from Thailand. And even the spa is now a family destination. When mommy and daddy go for their Thai massage, the little one is going to the kids' candy spa doing their chocolate face mask, a cucumber face mask, manicure, pedicure, in the uh, treatment room themed as candy, chocolate bars, donuts. I am a father of three and my daughter of seven years old. If I don't bring her there every Friday, I'm in heavy trouble before the weekend. <laughs> but this is, I think the distinction I, I kind of want to ask you about is kid-friendly versus family-friendly. And I've been to kind of very kid-friendly hotels in the past and felt like 
they were catering for the children, but perhaps not for the parents as well. And uh, whereas in contrast, the most family friendly hotel I've ever been to was actually in Croatia. And from the second we went through the doors, I thought, wow, they've really, they've got this sussed because you know what it's like when you're checking into a hotel and you know, they're going, all right, kids, if you could just stand there, I've got the bags, <laughs> I need to get my passport out. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm listening to you, but I'm also trying to deal with this gentleman here. When we got to this hotel, we were checking in and they had on the left of reception, this kind of net structure. So the kids were straight in there climbing around. They're occupied. I'm able to do the admin. And all the way through the grounds, it was these lovely little surprises. They had trampolines built into the grass and they had a giant xylophone and there were strollers and like stroller-friendly slopes everywhere. And I just thought, do you know what? This I'm feeling relaxed because the kids are entertained. Does that make sense? And totally, totally. It is really how to find the right balance mm. between having the children entertained and having the parents being able to spend time with them and spend time as well and relax together. Yes, time. This is what I always say. My two favorite things, spending time with my children, also spending time without my children. You know, <laughs> I, I remember after a few weeks of opening, a couple with a glass in their hand posting on Instagram, the kids club hour is our happy hour. <laughs> uh, and I think that certainly is the best. I'm still trying to put a trademark on that one. <laughs> But this is exactly what we are offering, you know, from all the multitude of water facilities, the water park, lazy river. We have an activity pool with obstacle course. We have splash pad for the little one. Slides, a rope climbing course, seven meter high. I'm too scared to go so high, but the teenagers are never scared. And, you know, you go to any resort, nobody can jump in the pool. It's always written no diving. So we say, let's build a rock jumping pool. And uh, and the kids love it. They can jump, make bounce, splash everywhere. Uh, and it's lovely fun for everybody. Tell us then about some of the facilities or activities that people keep coming to you and saying, this is amazing. Like, What's really resonated with guests? Well, I think it's all the activities together, in fact, okay. is that for as a family, you have a, you have children of different age, and a lot of times, how do I keep entertaining my mm. child of five years old well, or eight years old, both of them at the same time, this, right? This is you with a teenager uh, uh, and a toddler. Uh, exactly, exactly. So it's really how to keep everybody at the same time entertained. Mm -hmm. So with all the multitude of, well, we have three pool, we have a spa pool, you know, family pool, kids pool, and in a few hours, after two more after two more, we are opening our new leisure infinity pool on the beach, uh, which is exactly at the time where the parents wants to chill a little bit when the kids are entertaining themselves in the different kids clubs that we have uh, this is where we have these new pools that we decided to bring uh, on the beach of the hotel so Sebastian as I said you're marking a year and apart from some pretty sticky weather this morning I don't know what was going on this morning we are now into happy weather season in Dubai so new pool what else have you got planned for the season ahead it's going to be a busy one I think well it's going to be a busy one especially and I mean staycations is the culture here in, uh, mm -hmm. in Dubai and the UAE and we have multitude of activities and entertainment with the different shows, acrobat, clones, fire dance, uh, going all around the day and the evening. Uh, we are the door of the, of course, October half term and the World Cup as well, right? Uh, we are a family resort, so what we made sure is that we show the matches in the rooms, so when the little ones are tired, daddy can still enjoy the match and is not being punished by having to go to the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> See, thinking of it all, message here saying, is there an all-inclusive option and how, oft, how far in advance do you need to book? Great questions there. So, yes, we are offering the different 
uh, meal options, right? And that's another part when we spoke about being a family, mm-hmm. uh, a family resort is being able to have the different offerings. So from bed and breakfast, one all includes options. How far in advance? I mean, you just said it, and we have been a tremendous success since opening. So the earliest you can uh, is always better. Thank <laughs> you so much for spending your birthday with us, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the best way of checking out the facilities, whether that's on Instagram and, and booking as well? Exactly. So you can go on centarahotelsresort.com and our inter- Instagram page at Centara Mirage Dubai. You can see all live our facilities and I'm convinced you will love it. I'm going to chuck those kids in the rock diving <laughs> pool. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Talking inclusivity now and for many parents of children with termination, having them experience an inclusive full life is vital. School is a big part of it and teachers play a massive role in that development. One of the teachers joining us now, Julie Schaffer, she is there as the SEN, special needs, special education needs teacher at GEMS Winchester School. And I really am keen, Julie, to get a bit of an idea of how you kind of navigate the support of children for termination and their families at the school. Because I do understand you've seen, seen a lot during your career. What's the, what's the latest well, hello, Helen. It's, hello. it's so lovely to be here uh, today and be with you. It is really been quite an adventure. I've been in many countries across the world, and uh, I do have to say that Dubai has done a beautiful job of developing and working towards that inclusive attitude mm-hmm. for our individuals of determination. And we are working very hard at GEMS and Winchester to ensure that we are supporting that and creating a progressive attitude where we look at children and their potential rather than taking the more traditional deficit approach. Mm -hmm. And this gives them the opportunity to reach their potential and helps the society as a whole to recognize that children of determination have dreams, have these wishes and these desires to be successful and progress and reach their dreams. And uh, I think that's really the most important component of what it is we do. I think a big part of it is having that school having that attitude to begin with, but also putting things in place. And can you talk to us about some of the, the day-to-day you know, practicalities, schemes? Um, you know, what, what kind of things are actually happening in the school there to support children with termination and also you know, other children in the classroom, some of the benefits to them? Oh, it it absolutely benefits all students in the classroom as it helps uh, provide everybody with the understanding that differences can be good. Mm -hmm. And we do look at uh, an inclusive attitude. So the majority of our services are provided within the classroom. There are times when we do have short pullout sessions to address specific needs. But by giving them that opportunity, they are getting the rich, full teaching and instruction that the rest of the students are are receiving. And we may modify that. We may adjust it to ensure that it's accessible learning for all, but it also provides that social component Mm -hmm. and um, the opportunity to gain acceptance and develop those deep relationships and friendships, which are so important for quality of life. Julie, one topic that we are going to touch on in the future show is, I guess, kind of breaking down some barriers about having a neurodiverse child over for a play date or a party. Because I think for a lot of families, kind of fear of the unknown is is a is a really big issue for not extending an invitation. And I think that's such a shame for all of the children involved. And I wondered, how do you um, work with families on, on the social side as well as, I guess, the academic and what's happening in the classroom? 
it is it is really important to ensure that inclusion happens outside the school. And if parents will just be brave enough mm-hmm. to have that conversation with the students with neurodiverse uh, needs, those parents are more than happy to support and ensure that that they can provide for whatever their students' needs might be in those situations, whether it be at a party, whether it be just a, a simple play date. And again, it does benefit all children in, in helping with acceptance and understanding and broadening their horizons. Can you tell us about one of your students who we are going to be hearing from, but I'd love a bit of, a bit of a backstory to Amanda De Silva. Amanda De Silva is such a gem. She has been at our school at, at gems longer than most of the teachers at Winchester here. She's been here for 10 years. She is a model. She has been in magazines. She has actually done some work with uh, some companies for ads and she has been diagnosed with Down syndrome. Her mother is phenomenal. She has a wonderful support system. Her mother would like to see her on billboards across Dubai as the inspiration for others with Down syndrome. She is quite a natural. She has such a lovely personality. She's very creative and artistic, and it's it's been a pleasure to work with her. And it's important to recognize that we as staff mm-hmm. learn from these children every day. They have such creative uh, way of thinking and Amanda is is such a happy individual. She's got a great sense of humour as well. Here she so it's is. Been really nice. We've got a little clip from Amanda here talking about why she enjoys modelling so much. Yes. My name is Amanda Silva. I am a model. I join model because fashion is my fashion. I love to dress up and pose in the camera. Amanda Silver, student there at uh, Gems Winchester. I wanted to ask you, Julie, if you could kind of, I guess, wave a magic wand and see all schools, not just in the UA, but of course internationally as well, doing something, changing something, not doing something, to make sure they are more inclusive for children of determination. What do you think could make every school a better school in that respect? First and foremost, seeing the positive, seeing the blessing that these children are in our society and in our community and recognizing how their creative thought and their their different way of thinking, problem solving is a benefit to Mm -hmm. everybody. Um, For me, I've worked with students of all, (laughs) with all different types of special abilities and having that attitude that they are special abilities as opposed to disabilities um, makes the biggest difference because that does change the approach. If if the staff, the teachers have that approach, it does trickle down to the students and through the community. So I think that that is the most important um, component, again, is, is looking at that strengths approach as opposed to deficit. Well said indeed. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. I know you teachers are incredibly busy there as uh, we come towards the end of school. I've got my parent-teacher meetings after the show tonight. So special shout out to all of those people who are working above and beyond and into the evening as well. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Julie Schaffer, thank you so much speaking to us there as the SAN teacher at Gems Winchester School. And if you really feel like your school is doing something special, perhaps as a student in your life, that deserves some recognition on the radio. We would love to hear from you and from them. 
You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.